This is the Canna Curio Podcast by Cannabis Media, your source for cannabis and hemp license updates directly from the data vault. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Media newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay informed of future episodes and data releases. Welcome to the Canna Curio Podcast powered by Cannabis Media. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. On today's show, we're joined by Jeff Harris, CEO of SpringBig. SpringBig joined the Cannabis Media platform in 2018, and we are so happy and excited to have them on today's show. Uh, but as is accustomed to our typical podcast here, we're going to check in with Ed and see what he's learned this week from the Data Vault. Ed? Thanks, Amanda. So as we do periodically and Ideally, on a monthly basis, we take a look at some of the main categories of licenses to see how they have grown since the beginning of the year. So we dug into cultivation licenses, and what we found is so far, the nation has added 2,382 cultivation licenses this year. And as we have seen through the other months of the year, over 90% of those are in California and Oklahoma. Uh, 92% to be exact. California is up year to date 26% while Oklahoma is up 20% and Michigan was a very, very distant third with uh, 88 licenses added through May. Huh. I mean, we've covered so much of their, so much of our year to date kind of license uh, wrap ups have been focused around California, Oklahoma, and Michigan. Ed, um, I know you've noticed this as well. Um, are there any other kind of runner up markets to, to note, or is most of the licensing coming from these three markets? Yeah, you, you nailed it, Amanda. Unless a new state or market comes online, we're not going to see any onslaught of new licenses because. Typically, there's that whole process of getting the program voted on uh, and up and running, which takes a long time. And unless it's a big market, you're not going to see big shifts in licensure. So the last one we had was way back in December, January, when uh, Missouri came online and they started issuing licenses. But they essentially issued them all in one day. Like, all right, here's the (laughs) people who got the cultivation licenses. We're good. And here's the dispensary people. We're good. And that's it. So we haven't seen a lot. So until we get another state program rolling out, it's unlikely that we're going to see a lot of movement there. And obviously that contrasts with hemp where they announce the program, they start kicking out licenses. And before you know it, you've got a thousand growers in some of these states. Ah, don't you love uh, licensing programs uh, for both cannabis and hemp? <laughs> Crazy. Um, all right. Well, Ed, thank you for the the data update here. As I mentioned, we'll be joined by Jeff Harris of SpringBig when we come back. So everybody stay tuned. SpringBib is a dispensary marketing platform that gives you the ability to send targeted text messages to customers and incentivize consumer engagement using loyalty points and promotions. SpringBig's integrations with all major cannabis POS systems allow you to segment customers based on product preference, spending habits, and more. SpringBig's smart messaging can automatically text customers based on behavioral triggers, so you can sit back and watch it pay for itself. All right, welcome back, everybody. As I mentioned, today we're joined by CEO of SpringBig, Jeff Harris. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you? Thank you so much. Doing great. Um, it's great to be here. Really appreciate it. 
We're so excited to, to have you on the show. As I mentioned earlier, you and your, your team have been uh, subscribers of the Cannabis Media platform since uh, 2018 and what we would consider one of our Cannabis Media power users. Uh, with that, I'd love to kind of open it up to share a little bit more about yourself. So uh, how long have you been in the industry? Sure. So um, we actually pivoted to the cannabis industry in late 16, early 2017. Um, prior to pivoting to just focus on cannabis, Spring Big was focused on providing loyalty and digital communication software to the small business community. And as we saw more and more you know, cannabis dispensaries taking advantage of our platform, we looked into it further and thought it was a great opportunity to, to just focus on cannabis. So I would say kind of like starting January of 17, so about three and a half years, we've been solely involved in cannabis. And so what industries were you involved with prior to the cannabis industry? So I, I launched a, a loyalty marketing agency in the late 90s. Uh, the name of that business is called IntoQ that uh, is based outside of Chicago. Still, uh, still act, It's a still active business. It's uh, actually being run by a, a team that I put in place a few years ago. And uh, that was a, it's been an amazing experience because it really informed the creation of SpringBig. We actually were able to understand um, exactly how loyalty marketing works and how it, how it plays in the market. And, uh, and from there, we launched SpringBig. And originally, we launched SpringBig, as I mentioned, for like the small, for the small business community, the pizza shops, the yogurt shops, the nail salons, the hair salons. Um, and then over time, as we started looking at our customer base, we felt that you know, we would have more traction and, and, and have more focus if we just focused on one market and, and we chose the cannabis market. And it uh, seems based on uh, the performance of, of our business over the last three years, it was a good choice. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it, especially getting in, you know, around the time that you did. I mean, there was so much opportunity um, in, in 2016 in terms of uh, market capturing the, the various markets. Um, but out of curiosity, Jeff, outside of just the business opportunity that you saw, why did you decide to, to get into the industry? You know, I think what, what I found so amazing about, about the industry was that there was literally a complete ecosystem being built for this industry. And, and, you know, obviously cannabis being kind of like a leading edge, such a new industry, uh, I felt it was unbelievably exciting to participate in it. Like how many times do you get to participate in an industry that's literally being born in front of your eyes? And, uh, and I think that excitement along with the opportunity that we saw uh, really drove it. And, you know, again, looking back three and a half years, I, I haven't had a boring or, or a bad day <laughs> working in this industry. I mean, there's always things during the day that you prefer happen differently. But on the whole, it's been an amazing experience to participate in an industry that literally was being built from the ground up and how to create, how to recreate everything, all the services that are needed to support businesses in this industry um, from the, from the get go, from the ground. So it's been pretty amazing. Well, Jeff, I, I couldn't agree more because that's really when we started rolling out cannabis media around that same time. And you're absolutely right. Watching this business form uh, and this industry be created is really uh, a once in a lifetime opportunity, I think, to to be there at the very beginning. So uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Now, you know, from what I've learned about Spring Big, you've got a lot of consumers on the platform. You signed up a lot of stores. Um, so, you know, 
tell us what makes your company unique. I mean, what's attracting both uh, sort of the buy and the sell side uh, onto your platform? Yeah, so the consumers are, are a result of the stores that are signing up with us. So our, our key constituency group um, are the cannabis is the cannabis retail community. So we have close to, you know, somewhere just shy of about 700 uh, clients, uh, probably about 1,400 plus stores, uh, locations or licenses on the platform. And, you know, the way our platform works is because we're helping these retailers design and manage, the software helps them design and manage their loyalty program, and then we pull in all their data, and then we could help them leverage that data to be much smarter about how they communicate with their customers digitally, you know, via text, via email, things of that nature. Um, and, you know, due to that, you know, a lot of consumers come along with them because, you know, we've been, we've been fortunate that we have uh, a lot of the larger retailers, not all of them, but a lot of the larger retailers. And I think it's because we created a, a very easy to use but full featured product. Um, and uh, we understand the component of service in this industry. And we are mm. a very high touch service organization that really supports our clients. So I think the combination of a really great product. Uh, that continues to get better and evolve, and a great service orientation has helped us uh, bring on retailers. And when retailers come, they bring their consumers with them. Ah, very nice. And and uh, another parallel, I, I would say, with cannabis media and Sprig Big is, I'm guessing how you were able to operate. Let's say over the last 90 days. I mean, what we found, and one of our sales uh, people sent out a note to his customers back in March or early April, saying. I don't know about you, but I just woke up and found uh, that my next four trade shows are canceled. You know, use cannabis media to reach to reach the people that you want to reach on the B two B cannabis side. So I'm curious for Spring Big, what happened during quarantine? Like, if 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 I was running a dispensary in a state where it was deemed non essential, were you my only conduit to reach those people and 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 keep them you know thinking fondly of my store? You know, it's it's interesting. So in most markets. Um, where the stores were open, you know, we saw increased activity uh, through our platform during that time because they really, in addition to all of what I'll call the the normal communication that retailers were doing with their clients, they were doing additional communication regarding store hours and openings and closings mm. and um, and things of that nature. So we 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 definitely saw increased activity, and that increased activity has not necessarily slowed down. So. You know, we've seen a pickup in activity, uh, which has been, you know, great for us. And uh, it's also been great for our retail clients because they really use our platform to make sure that they're staying in constant communication with their customers. There were a couple of markets where things were either closed down. So, for example, in Nevada, where they, you know, closed down other for delivery. So there were some markets where activity uh, fell off a little bit just because there just was not as much retail activity going on in that market. But for any place where there was retail activity going on, we had an increased amount of activity. And then mm-hmm. and then there were a couple of markets where that activity dropped. But on the whole, you know, we grew through this time, which uh, which was crazy to think about. We're one of the the few you know one of the few industries that really had the opportunity to really work through this. Um, and you know, hopefully, we're going to keep coming out of it in a healthy way. Excellent, excellent. Now, uh, you know, one of the things that we study here through the questions that we ask uh, license holders helps us understand the software stack. Like, what kind of software are these stores and businesses using? So, I'm curious, how do you interface, or how does Springbig interface with point of sale and seed to sale? Is is that just a, an, an easy like API connection, or you know, how do those systems work, or, or do they even have to talk to each other? 
Yeah, so we're more focused on integrating with the point of sales as versus the seat to sale. So we we integrate with over 14, over 15 of the industry's point of sales. And that's actually one of the elements of our secret sauce. We're very, very good. Our technical team is very, very good at at creating these integrations and making sure that they're solid, that they work, and we're pulling in all the data that's necessary. One of the big differences that SpringBig has compared to other, you know, players in the industry is with the range of data that we pull in, they really don't need another device on the counter at all. They could really just leverage our software by the integration with the point of sale. We pull the information in and then they can go onto their SpringBig dashboard um, and use it. So in point of sale is the key for us and you know we started integrating, we had our first integration uh, with GreenBits in November of 2017, and we haven't stopped since, and I think we're up to 15 or 16. All of the major point-of-sale players were integrated with, and now we're actually moving to the second evolution of our integrations, where we're now enhancing those integrations to give the retail staff member at the store more power on how to leverage SpringBig within the POS. So not only is the POS sending us data, but we're sending the, the data back to the POS so the retail staff member can really manage all aspects of a customer's loyalty program on the POS while they're leveraging SpringBig. Wow, well given that leverage, all those partnerships and that tech team, you know, it sounds like you've got a, a, a good uh, juggernaut going here. So, you know, what should we be looking forward to hearing from SpringBig in terms of new product launches or enhancements uh, looking forward? Yeah, so our big announcement that we made that about a week ago, week and a half ago, so, you know, getting together with you guys is uh, it's really the perfect timing, is we launched a platform for brands. So, as I mentioned, our key customer group has always been retailers. Um, however, we kept getting calls from brands about, Oh, can we use your platform to communicate with with consumers? Can you know how do I get connected to the retailers to communicate with them? And and it actually opened up an opportunity that we saw, where we were trying to solve two different sets of problems. On the brand side, we were trying to solve a problem of how do we help brands get connected directly to consumers to get their message out because there's just a lot of noise in this industry and brands want to try to communicate directly with consumers. And then the retailers had a problem where because they were bearing the brunt of the marketing that was going on, they continue to see their expenses go up, their marketing expenses go up. So they're looking for ways how to get some of those expenses co-opt. So we put together a brands platform where brands can actually create direct messaging to consumers. They, the way they get those messages delivered is they will serve them up to the retailer. And when the retailer sends out their next communication, presuming via text, they would include that brand's message either via an MMS image or a link. And when they do that, the retailer will get a discount on their message cost, so it helps them reduce their cost. And the brands will pay a fee to get their message into the smartphone of the consumer because through the text feed they're getting their message directly into the smartphone of the consumer. So we we saw an opportunity to solve both issues and uh, the platform's off to a great start. We've signed on some great brands and uh, we continue to do so. Uh, that, that's a great expansion. I, I love that. Uh, there was a, a CEO that I used to work with who liked to use the term land and expand and it sounds like that's sort of what uh, you've been able to do with you know using that channel and the platform to reach a broader uh, a broader audience that will also benefit from from what you guys uh, bring to the market yeah and what's what's amazing is like you know listen no sale is easy every sale is difficult because you need to really you know work with you know the, the company you're working with to make sure it works for them you know if it doesn't work for your client it just doesn't work but 
compared to other sales, this sale is not as hard just simply because the brands are really excited about the opportunity. You know, as I mentioned, we have over 19 million cannabis consumers on our database through our retail partners. So we, we know who the active cannabis consumer is. And when a retailer messages a can of their database, they're messaging active cannabis consumers. So for brands to have the ability to actually be able to influence the, the behavior of a consumer by kind of partnering with the retailer is like they're like going gaga. They're so excited. So, you know, companies like Pax or, or Jetty or Coda Signature, some big brands are really starting to get excited about this and are starting to build their marketing programs around this tool to be able to really get their message into the smartphone of the customer. Well, speaking of getting your message uh, to your target audience, uh, I wanted to switch a little gears here, Jeff, and just kind of learn a little bit uh, more about some of the ways that you and your team uh, utilize cannabis media, because it sounds like your platform is going to be able to address uh, the consumers, and we help to, to connect you to the, those license holders. Yeah, so it's, you know, cannabis media has been a core part of our of our business development strategy and our marketing strategy, and uh, you know the tools that you that you guys provide, companies like us have been really really helpful. Um, you know your daily update is read by multiple people here every day. Literally the minute it comes out, they're looking at the new license uh, updates that you guys send out, and and we're able to leverage that, and we're able to get a jump on opportunities that you know that you guys are are kind of uncovering for for us and for others. Uh, we leverage some of the opportunities to be able to leverage the the list that you guys have created to do unique marketing campaigns. So um, it is it is a core part of our technology stack, of our information stack, and and I can tell you it's one of the most widely used pieces of of software and information that we have here at the business. We love to hear that. Uh, in in terms of you know kind of your experience, Jeff, utilizing other sales tools, uh, how does this how does the cannabis media platform compare? No, so it, com- it actually compares really well, and it actually works in concert with a couple of other tools that we use. So 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 what we'll do is we'll we'll leverage your tool first, and then we'll actually kind of incorporate a couple of other tools to get some additional information. Uh, to kind of round out the information that we're looking for. So when we start trying to reach out and contact uh, some of these either retailers or brands, we actually have the ability to really have an intelligent conversation with them. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think we've been using it for, year, for a couple of years now, and there's no, no end in sight to us wanting to use it. We, uh, we really get a lot of value out of it. Oh, I love that. I really do enjoy, you know, this kind of part of the, the Q&A with our, our subscribers, uh, especially those that are familiar with using the platform, um, because it really, I think it helps to put the functionality of cannabis media into perspective, uh, you know, for uh, our current subscribers, uh, as well as, you know, future p- prospective clients. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for those insights, Jeffs. No, it's no, it's we no, we appreciate it. We really get, you know, we get, listen, a tool is only as good as the value it brings. And, and I can tell you that people are really, you know, they look for that daily email that comes out from you guys and that daily update and they they look for the tools and the new things that you guys are offering, the new opportunities to leverage the data that you guys have compiled. It's obviously not easy work that what you guys do because, you know, there's no national database of this stuff and you really got to dig in state by state and see what's really going on. So so we appreciate the work that you're doing and, and how it helps us. 
Well, thanks. As a guy who runs a data team, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. We are the national database. I'll, I'll, I'll say right. that. You guys response, are. You so. guys are. But uh, it's funny, but it's not easy to get, right? You really yeah. got to go state by state by state. This is not, It's not easy to compile at all. Yeah. And what we're finding now is many states, because of privacy issues, are starting to dial back on the information they do make available to the public. So it's getting harder to get where we have to actually be in touch with the regulators themselves, not just going to some website to you know, go get information, which is what others in the industry have tried to do to say, oh, yeah, we cover the industry. Well, you really don't because some places it's just not available. But sort of speaking of you know what's happening on the regulatory standpoint, one of the questions I wanted to ask for you is, you know, I've seen that there have been some lawsuits around tech spamming in Colorado and Florida. And, you know, we see the same thing on the email side with CCPA coming out of California with the Privacy Act. So I'm just curious, what does this mean for, you know, your segment of the industry, which reaches consumers through uh, text messaging? Yeah, so I think it's, uh, it's definitely an issue that's been, uh, that's been kind of gearing up over the last year actually. Um, and what's really, really important, um, we have the tools that help our retailers make sure that they get uh, kind of like true express consent from every customer that they want to market to via text. And, and you know, we, listen, we're the platform. Um, you know, we're not the ones who are actually sending out the text, but our goal is to guide every one of our clients on how to make sure they get express written consent uh, to be able to market via text to customers. And, and, you know, there's some of our customers that started really early on that we're not as concerned about it, that, you know, we're now converting and making sure that they get that express written consent from every one of their customers. And some of our clients are much more conservative, more aggressive in getting that. Some of them are a little less conservative, a little less aggressive. At the end of the day, it's our job to educate. It's our job to make sure they understand the rules, uh, they understand the risks, and and we do provide them with the tools as well. So it's not like we're saying, hey, here's what you have to do. Go figure it out. We actually provide them with all the tools they need to get express consent. And, and we hope, and most people are now because they realize, as you've seen, that these, this is becoming an issue. And we work hard to help them because, you know, at the end of the day, we're only going to be as successful as our clients are. So we, we need to make sure that they have everything in place to be successful. And, uh, and as I like to say, our clients pay our salary, so therefore we got to make sure that they're armed with everything that they need uh, to, to do things right so they can continue to be successful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, what, what we find on the email marketing side, which is one of the ways that you know, a lot of customers use us, is we've had to educate people on what works best and what doesn't <clears throat> because some people may in the past have relied on a spray and pray approach thinking that if I just get my message out to more people, I'll do better. And in fact, often the opposite is true. You know, if you can target and segment, you know, who you're trying to reach with, with a really good message, you're going to have a much better response. And I think that's probably true uh, of your customers as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the issue, whether it's email or texting, you know, especially email. Texting is more expensive than email, so you know it's it's not the exact same thing. But people look, you know, at email and say, "Oh my God, it's so inexpensive. I just might as well email everybody." But you're right, right? At the end of the day, whatever it costs, it's still you're spending money that you don't need to spend if you're emailing people that are not going to respond. So exactly. Um, so I'm I'm totally with you. And we try to. It's funny because we try to educate our clients on not texting the same thing to everybody, even though we probably would generate less revenue by teaching them that. But at the end of the day, as I like to say here at Spring Big, 
we're not in it for the short run, we're in it for the long run. So we need to make sure that our clients are successful. We believe if our clients win, we win. And if that means educating them on how to do it right, even if that means we make less money on them this month, that's I'm perfectly okay with that. Because I want, you know, the most important thing to us is for them to be successful because we can't be if they're not. I think that's a great, great spot for us to uh, end this interview segment, Jeff. I, you know, education is key, and especially when you're looking at the the SaaS sales cycle and you're looking at uh, the cannabis industry as a whole. You know, we're constantly p- asked and requested to pivot and to change um, at the drop of a hat. And so, I think to have partners like uh, Springbig uh, on board with the re- retailers really is going to help them uh, to continue to grow in the right direction and also uh, keep. The, the consumers in mind. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today, Jeff. No, and thank you guys very much for having me. Really appreciate it. It's always fun to be talking to you know industry experts that know what's going on and, uh, and continue moving the ball forward. Thank you. Well, now let's take a look ahead and see what Ed what updates Ed has for us in regards to Canicurio and the future outlook. Ed? So a couple things to highlight. Uh, one is we just published a blog post on Tennessee hemp. Uh, the state provided us with a great deal of data on over 8,000 grow areas in the state, which are distinct from the licenses. So one license may have many grow areas. So I, I think the number of licenses is about 34, 3,500, but you know, 8,000 grow areas. Uh, so far, what we've seen is They've got about 50,000 acres under cultivation, and some farms have uh, close to 2,000 acres uh, uh, under cultivation for hemp. So that, that's a big deal, and it's especially significant in that in some states we're seeing a decline in uh, licensed um, acres farmed because last year a lot of the businesses weren't able to make a lot of money. The other thing that we're working on is putting the finishing touches on our white paper, which covers the companies that are connecting to metric and leaf data systems. So we've got about 29 categories of software and we show which companies really are the most connected and also which ones have the most licenses they're able to get in front of because they're in certain states. So we're very excited about this. Uh, and it's been uh, a long, a long process to compile the, the, the data. Oh, I know. And we are so excited to receive this white paper, Ed. Um, Now, when should myself and our subscribers expect this to be available? Uh, End of the month. Ooh, how exciting. Okay, cool. Well, we'll definitely look to you for those updates, Ed. Uh, Everyone, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. Stay tuned for more updates from The Data Vault. Thanks for listening to the Canicurio podcast by Cannabis Media. Stay up to date with the latest episodes of the podcast and get alerts on the latest licensing activity in the United States and Canada, as well as exclusive industry insights by signing up for the Cannabis Media licensing newsletter at cannabis.media newsletter.